And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks, damn dirty eight month. Now, tell us of the apes. The apes are marching on your city. Now we must replenish the lands that were ravaged by the humans with new improved feeding grounds. And these grounds we can obtain in the once forbidden zone. It is therefore our holy duty to put our feet upon it, to enter it, to put the marks of our guns and our wheels and our flags upon it. <laughs> That's right! It's Ape Month! I'm Chris Honeywell, <laughs> and I'm here with Scott Gardner, and yes, it's finally here! Monkey Month! Oh, dude, I am so, so excited. Oh, my God. It, my, my wife, God bless her, she's been so incredibly tolerant, but uh, I was kind of getting the look tonight, because uh, as I was... Sitting down to eat dinner in, in preparation for getting started. I, have you ever seen? There's a documentary, and it's if you ever get the Blu-ray for the first Planet of the Apes film, the original Heston one, it's on there. It's called Behind the Planet of the Apes. It's hosted by Roddy McDowell. If I had to guess, I'd say it's probably from the 1980s. I'm guessing, okay. maybe 90s. Have you ever seen it? Do you no. know what I'm talking about? It's it's like two hours long, and it's really good. Because it goes into, you know, the pre-production and the novel and, you know, all the trials and tribulations they had of, of each sequel and the toy phenomenon. And it, it's just fantastic. I'm sure it's probably out there on, like, YouTube land or something. But uh, anybody who's interested in apes, uh, check it out. I, I find it especially fascinating because uh, the first time I saw it, you know, of course, I had seen, I don't know, at the, at the first time I saw it, I don't know if I'd seen all five of the original movies, but I right. definitely was, by that point, I was a fan of at least the first, second, and third movies. And just learning about the fact that Apes really was, you know, as far as a, a, a cultural phenomenon that involved, like, toys and t-shirts and stuff and comic books... Apes was really Star Wars before Star Wars. Mm -hmm. It kind of set the press, especially as far as 20th Century Fox was concerned, because in a lot of ways, even today, Fox aped, so to speak, <laughs> you know, the success of Planet of the Apes, or excuse me, they, they aped uh, apes with uh, when they did their star, you know, how they set Star Wars up with toys and all that. And, uh, and it's just interesting to see the incredible parallels between the two of them. About the only thing that, that really wasn't paralleled was the uh the diminishing returns and slashing the budget by like half every sequel right, to where right. you get to like the last movie was made on a budget of about 20 bucks you right. know but uh it really really interesting stuff but she has been so incredibly tolerant of this entire thing that my 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 house has been you know the the ape house for like a couple of months now as i've watched 
back through all the movies and taken notes and I've been reading all the comics and uh, it's it's just been crazy. Sat down and rewatched uh, Rise just a couple of nights ago and uh, and she actually sat through it with us and uh, and by the end of it was like it was grudging, but she did admit that uh, she liked it. She that she thought it was really good. And I was like, see, I thought you'd like it if How you'd actually you sit through Lithgow, it. How can you resist Lithgow, man? Yeah, Lithgow and uh, Circus should have got like an Academy Award for that movie. He's phenomenal yes. in that movie. He's just great. And I, I love it. I'm so excited for the new movie, too. I'm just, I'm excited all around for everything we're doing here, Apes Month, because, I mean, we're going to be doing commentaries for. Uh, well, we discussed this at the end of last episode, but those that you know might not have heard it. So here's the the rundown for Apes Month, folks. Uh, tonight we're starting out with uh, strangely, or it may seem strange to you, we're starting out with the second movie of the Planet of the Apes. What would you officially call this? A quintology? Is that what it would be called? Yeah. With five movies? Um, only because years ago, or at least it feels like years ago, it was. I know it was quite some time ago. Chris and I did a commentary for the original Planet of the Apes. So we're, we're skipping that one this time. And we're going to go, we're going to do commentaries for the remaining four films of the original set. And then we will also, because there's a, a, a fifth Monday in this month, we will do a commentary for Rise of the Planet of the Apes. We are also hoping at some point to squeeze in uh, doing a general roundtable discussion with uh, you know some podcasting uh, friends and luminaries, uh, just you know general discussion of all things Planet of the Apes, and also I would love if we could squeeze in a uh, a review show for the new film if that uh, if that can happen. Over on uh, one of our uh, affiliate shows, Back to the Bins, hosted by uh, Paul Spataro and Bill Robinson. I'm going to be joining those guys, and we are going to be looking at all things Planet of the Apes in comic books, including, you know, the classic Marvel black and white magazine, uh, the adventure comic stuff, a uh, six-issue miniseries by a uh, <laughs> virtually unknown company called Mr. Comics out of Canada a few years back, and also the stuff that uh, Boom Studios did not long ago too. So that's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to that as well because. Man, I've been reading just a shitload of apes. Oh, there's a million of them, but uh, I made my way through pretty much all of them. And right now on my nightstand, I'm about three quarters of the way through a book that that I had been meaning to read for years. And it's funny because I always thought I had heard that it was a graphic novel and it is really not. It's graphic novel size, but it is an actual novel. Uh, it just happens to have illustrations in it as well, but it's called uh, Conspiracy of the Planet of the Apes, and I've been blowing through that. It is a really, really good book, but I, I, I'm hoping to get through with it by the time we get to the end of Apes Month so I can talk with you know talk about it in a little more authority and have a, a more you know definite opinion of you know the book because I've, I've finished it, you know. But uh, so far, I've really been digging it. It's very interesting stuff, but... Yeah, all things apes, man. All month long. Looking forward to it. So what do we got on this one before we get into... Oh, we have a... a sponsor. Uh, we do. I am so happy to finally get around to uh, to throwing this out because this is long overdue. But as it turns out, it is relevant specifically to what's going on. 
Uh, so we have received uh, actually a couple of donations from a uh, listener to the show. Uh, his name is Tim Elliott. And uh, I just want to tell Tim just how much we really, really appreciate this. He had a, a message that he wanted us to uh, include uh, with the donation. He just says, I want to dedicate this show to two of the hardest working guys in podcasting. Here's to you, Scott and Chris, for your timeless work to bring so many great podcasts to the masses. You guys don't get enough praise. Keep all the shows coming. He says, thanks, Tim. And uh, he said that uh, he wanted to sponsor the next Commentary Monthly Monday. He said, especially if it falls within Apes Month. So, Well, there you go. Here you go. He, we are going to make him the official sponsor of Apes Month. That's that's what I want to do because, uh, man, we really, really appreciate it. He was very generous in his donation. And uh, thank you, Tim. That was very, very kind of you. And uh, we appreciate it. I never thought I'd be a millionaire in my lifetime. Thank you. <laughs> All right. With that, what do you say? Are we ready to go ahead and dive right into this thing? Yeah. I will do All right. Uh, before we go on, I'd just say I, I wish I had done my homework and figured out which episode it was, but uh, I'll post it <laughs> on the Facebook <coughs> page. Um, oh, you mean when we did the, when we the originally did Planet of the yeah. Apes? And I uh, wish I had had time to go back and listen to that one, to be honest with you, because it's been quite some time since I've actually even heard that episode. I, I hope we don't end up repeating things, or I don't re- end up repeating things that we already touched on in that one but it uh, it was I don't quite think we some will. time ago yeah but i'm looking forward to this this one should be a lot of fun because uh as you and i were briefly discussing uh before we uh, hit the record button is uh this one's a real mixed bag it's a piece of work it is and i and i have very mixed uh emotions about it so this should be a lot of fun you're not the only one with mixed <laughs> emotions all right I will do the uh, standard countdown. I will start at three and end at one. And when I say go, you hit play. We are on zero, zero. And here we go. Three, two, one, go. All right. Did you see any of these in the theater? No. Yeah, I didn't either. My parents wouldn't let me go to see stuff. I was too young to... I mean, what what year was was this one? This one's 70? 69 or seventy. Yeah, Beware I'm not sure. Six, oh, so I was two years quarter. old when this came out. <laughs> Let's see. I, you know what? I've got the wiki pulled up right here in front of me. What am I thinking? This was released on May 26th, 1970. Was made on a budget, according to this, of uh, 4.6 million. Pulled in almost just shy of 19 million. So I mean, it made some money. Oh sure. Now, here's something I wanted to hit you with, because I didn't realize this for the longest time. But, of course, right here we're seeing, uh, you know, the tail end of the first film. And Cornelius was just reading from the Lawgiver's scroll and all that. But after this scene, Cornelius in this movie is not Roddy McDowell. Did you know that? No. I did not know that for the longest time. And I'm, I forget... You know what? It might actually Whoever be that is, documentary. Oh, he's, McDowell. he's fantastic. Yeah, his name is David Watson, and I looked him up, and there's precious little about him. I mean, obviously, he's an actor and everything, but I'm thinking 
I've often wondered, was he hired specifically to impersonate Roddy McDowell, or did that just come natural? Because he's so good, I never realized it as a kid. I never noticed it this time. I think it was watching that documentary that I was talking about, the the Behind the Planet of the Apes. I think that's where I first heard that it was not him. Because... Planet of the Apes is a funny thing for me because it's kind of like comic books. I can't remember a time before Planet of the Apes. It's just always been there in my life. You know, it's something that I I was interested in. It would come on TV and I remember catching, uh, you know, I remember having, as a kid, I remember having seen the first one all the way through and the third one all the way through. And then the other ones were always like snippets and bits and pieces. So. It was years before I put them all together, and I, I honestly think that I didn't see all five of them, you know, in, in order and complete. By the way, I hate the score to this movie. I just have to be honest. <laughs> um, I was working in video at the time when these started to come out on VHS. I think for the first time, if I'm not mistaken. And one of our trailer reels in the place I was, and I'm pretty sure it was Saturday matinee, they had um, a, I think it was a tape that was sent to us by 20th Century Fox, if I'm not mistaken. And it was promoting all of their new videos uh, coming out for like that year or that season or whatever it was. And when Apes came out on VHS, it was a big friggin' deal. And the trailers were just fantastic. And I can remember the uh, one of the parts in the trailer that they showed was the part in this where Cornelius says, uh, if they find you, they will kill you or they will dissect you and then they will kill you in that order or something, you know, whatever that line is that he says. And that always stuck with me. And then to find out later that it's not Roddy McDowell just really impresses me because he even sounds like him in yeah. that part. It's it's pretty cool. I'm trying to remember who the 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 composer is in this. I, I think it's the same dude that yeah, that's it. Ro- Leonard Roseman. I was going to say it's the same guy that does Star Trek Five or Star Trek Four rather. Um, Another sidetrack you're not too fond of. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. And it's funny because I can hear what he's going for. He's trying to do something very reminiscent of the first movie. It He just, I, you know, I don't want to be nasty to Leonard Rosenman, but he just doesn't have the chops. You know what I mean? He's He is... You, sir, are no uh, Jerry Goldsmith. <laughs> you know, he's just—he's he, right. not quite pulling it off. And there are there are some portions of this soundtrack that are out, actually outright annoying to me. Like they just don't work. But then again, it's not as bad as some of the later films because uh, man, I was watching uh, Conquest the other day, and ooh, is the soundtrack of that rough? It's this it's almost rough. seems like we're watching like deleted scenes from the first movie. Yeah. In this, it seems like almost like maybe they feel you know it has just has that feel to me. This always reminds me of the end of the Rogue Cheddar sketch from Monty Python's Flying Circus. Is what <laughs> it reminds me of. Well, it's still it's very shot. The cinematography is on par with the last movie. It's got that crisp, clean widescreen 
look right. to it. It's it's really beautiful. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is something I simultaneously love and hate in this movie is the second spaceship. I love it because now I'm I don't know if any of this is considered ape canon or not, but basically having this ship around for spare parts facilitates uh, Dr. Milo being able to salvage Taylor's ship and then bring it to Earth in the third movie, at least according to one of the comic book stories that uh -huh. I'll be covering on, uh, on Back to the Bins. And I love that story. But I hate it because this is my problem with this movie is that it's, let's tell the same damn story all oh, over yeah. again. Yeah, same as and last time. Now, I, I will try to do my best to point out where, you know, you think that the prequel trilogy of Star Wars catches a lot of shit for continuity mistakes and problems and not lining up. Man, apes started that shit, you know, a decade <laughs> before Star Wars ever did. These movies do not line up with each other. And the very first major, like, retcon, screwing around with the timeline, let's change things up for our own convenience thing, is right here. Because Brent says that they were basically sent to find Taylor. Like, like Taylor was, like, lost in space off course or something. And that became part of the story of Planet of the Apes. If you watch Rise... Later in the movie, it show you know there's a part in the movie that I love where it shows Taylor's ship lift off from Earth, but then later in the in the movie, there's a headline that says you know lost in space, and they're talking about how the ships did. Well, that was never. If you watch the beginning of the original Planet of the Apes, that was never part of the plot. They right. weren't lost. They were on a mission. They volunteered for this. They knew that they were never going home again. Well, that's the thing is, even if they did come home, they'd come home thousands of years in the future because they exactly so far that it would take a long time for anybody to even know they were lost, much less send somebody else out. That's just mm -hmm. silly. Yeah. But yeah. as we're going to see, there's a lot of silly stuff coming, oh, coming yeah. down the pike here. Yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, Franciscus is even just sort of like. I mean, he kind of looks like Hes a younger Heston with a with a with some scruff. Yeah, he's Charlton Heston light. Yes, that's that's how I like to refer to him. I don't dislike him, and I don't dislike no. this movie. I actually find a no. lot to like in it, but i i will freely admit that this is sequelitis of the worst kind which actually sounds like a movie title now that i think about it that should be a movie sequelitis of the worst kind three <laughs> the reckoning i do like this though i mean i always like when they do practical effects like that and for as cheap as this movie can look in certain parts that actually lends a level you know to it right there yeah i like that and I like Brent. I think he's a very likable guy. Yeah, he's pretty much Taylor. <laughs> yeah, this is true. He's got the same sort of manner of speaking. This this has a lot of Kirk in it. Oh yeah. Well, there's a there's a fantastic 
a mock time knockdown drag out Kirk fight at the end of the movie too yeah. that I just friggin' I love. Forward to yes, because it's brutal. That fight is just really good. But yeah, I mean that that bugs me to this day. That why couldn't it just be that they were on parallel missions or parallel courses or something? Why does it specifically have to? retcon the first movie that oh you know they were you know, we're, we've come to find out what happened to t- why I just I think that diminishes they were really first. I really don't like that I think they were really thinking well you know the first movie basically I think uh, a lot of what we were talking about was that the first movie was sort of like a long version of a Twilight Zone episode mm-hmm. Rod Serling wrote it Right. Not a lot happened in it. It was basically just a, a little story about what the Planet of the Apes evolved from with a twist at the end. Right. And uh, I mean, it was, I mean, for the most part, it was really kind of a trial movie. That was, that was the big denouement of the story. And hey, what a coincidence. Where it's do you a get... small Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yes. Where do you get lip gloss in Planet of the Apes? <laughs> I'm not sure why, but I think she's actually slightly more attractive in this movie, whereas the last movie, she's very much like Cavewoman. She's still got kind of like Neanderthal teeth, though. Oh, I'd have no problem in either movie. <laughs> you do it Neanderthal style? Yeah, whatever that is. Okay, I, <laughs> I like saw Cave Man's Ringo Star. I would like to point out that Taylor never had dog tags on in the original film. Which way? That's because she had them. There you go. <laughs> Does that mean they're going steady now? Now, seriously though, where where did Taylor's dog tags come from? Because if he had them in the first movie, you would think that that would be something that would have helped his case a little bit, you know, show, yeah. show Zira the, the dog tags and show her that, you know, it, it has English on them. Whoa. It's choppers on table. Ah! <laughs> oh, Boom. <laughs> Taylor, right now, Taylor's thinking, I like this new ape world. Davey, <laughs> Davey, Davey. Davy, <laughs> here. Okay, here's my penis. Oh wait! Oh, oh. oh there's his dog tags. He had them in his his shorts. He had them in his ape yes, jockeys. because that's where that's where soldiers wear them. Oh yeah. Oh, it <laughs> smells like tailored nutsack. <laughs> what is this cheese? <laughs> He's he and Shatner are cut from the same oh, cloth. Definitely, I friggin' man, I'm so I'm so sorry he's dead now. Cause man, I I have come to love Charlton Heston, and oh, I did not need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I do I just you know I I regret that he's gone now because there toward the end of his life he was like doing you know, lecture tours. I would have loved to have seen him when he came around on some of those things. I mean, he was quite the, 
quite the speaker and activist and stuff, but I keep meaning to go back and watch more of his films because I, I, I'm ashamed to admit that I haven't seen near as many of his films as I would like to. I mean, I've, it's been years since I've seen Ben-Hur, but I mean, that's a fantastic movie. Ten Commandments. He, I mean, he made a ton of films. But you look at him here and... It's funny because he was considered like, you know, the handsome, rugged, leading man. And he's kind of a... a kind of? He's, well, he's kind of an ugly bastard. Yeah, yeah. He's right kind of, he looks like kind of like your uh, uh, angry uncle, you know, angry, ugly uncle. Right. Who hits the sauce a little bit, maybe. Whoa, 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 this whoa. is a nice special effect. That is a great effect. What's funny is every comic adaptation of this is completely different because there's one where everything turns to ice and he falls down into an underground ca uh, cavern. And then there's another one that uh, I forget what, what the difference is in that. There's a, But each one of them is different because this was actually adapted at least uh, – no, actually three times. It was done by Gold Key. It was done in the Power Records and it was done by Marvel. And each one slightly – this scene is slightly different. So I think they were taking him from like different stages of the script or something. Take care of my bongo drum. I don't understand you. Why do you keep poking me? Try to find Zira. Remember Zira. Go find. I have no idea what you're talking about. She ends up going straight <laughs> to the White House. Yeah, yeah, Zira. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> I'd have absolutely zero faith that she was gonna go find Zira. <laughs> I'll take the gun too, if you don't mind. All right, see ya. <laughs> now I'm trying to remember if it was supposed to. be This is a shit effect. Shit Boy! effect. Yay! She hates that effect too. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. This tag. Did he give it to you? See, Where I you that this? bugs me because not only is it really a bad composite effect, but up until this point with that effect, we'd never gotten an effect like that at all. Like in the first movie, everything's fairly prime. I mean, I think the I only think it's effects seamless. They didn't are, have anything like that happening in the first movie. No, not at all. I mean, Earth. the only effects I can think of in the first movie is there's uh, the lightning in the Forbidden Zone when they're first when the three guys are just wandering trying to find water. There's that lightning effect that's kind of shit looking, but I mean it's not as bad as that. And I'm trying to remember. There's one other effect later in the pack. I can't remember what that it was is. Like I remember Saturday morning TV bad, right? Yeah, it did not look good. I'm trying to remember what the... There's another effect to it. I'll, maybe I'll think of it in a little bit. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, I mean, of course, there's also... There's the composite shot of the Statue of Liberty, which I think is seamless. I think that it looks really good. Yeah. But it's not a special effects-laden picture. And so that effect... Oh, it's all this, about the makeup. Yeah. Wasn't crazy about that. You see, I think basically at this point, people were so crazy for the makeup and the, just the idea of Ape World that it didn't matter really what the story was as long as you had Ape World. 
Right. You know, as long as you have. I the- think that they might. I think the ex- the producers of the movie may have been thinking that, but I think the simple fact that the movie, this movie, met with very mixed reviews. Oh, Even I'm sure. Today, the reviews are very mixed. I think they quickly realized that if they were going to continue to make more, then story was going to have to be important again. And I think that's why the three was made the way it was made, that basically it wasn't just sequelitis. It was like, let's tell the same story in reverse. Let's, let's do the classic, you know, switch up of positions type of thing, you know, turn the ladder upside down kind of thing. The the thing is, I think they tried to make this one like the last one. I went to school with those guys. As a zinger, I know. I like some of them are total mouth breathers. You know, they got the fly catcher just hanging up. Because you can see where they cheaped out on the makeup effects. The, The budget was slashed considerably. And so, like, the lower tiers of apes are all, you know, with the cosmetic appliances and everything. You know, some time and attention was paid to them. And then the ones in the higher rows, you can tell they're the ones that kind of look like... Yeah, well, they're, they're just they're a one-size-fit-all mask. Yeah, they, they look like Halloween masks or something, but they have that kind of like... Uh... By the way, do you know who this guy is? No. Playing Ursus? I couldn't believe it when I found out who he was. It blew my mind. Well, do you tell. remember? Hang on, I'm gonna wait till it shows him here again. Listen to his voice. Do you remember the episode? Well, it's the Van Gelder episode. Oh. They go down to the planet. And it's the doctor. I can't remember what the hell his name is. But they go down to the planet, and it's the chief uh, doctor on the planet, the one that's created the neural neutralizer. That's him. It's the same guy. Oh, what the hell is this? I never would have recognized him. Hang on. I'll see if I can... It sounds James Ge- Gregory is the guy's his, his the actor's name, but I'm trying to think of the role that he plays in that episode of Star Trek. But it's the it's uh, Doctor Adams. That was it. Mm. Dr. Adams. He was the director of the Tantalus Four Penal Colony in Dagger of the Mind. He's the one that's standing there talking into the thing when Kirk's like yes. writhing in the in the chair and he's telling him, you know, you've always loved her and all he's the one that's giving Kirk like the orders and making him nuts and everything in that episode. But she's gone. Yeah. It just blew my mind when I learned that. I was like, no way. This movie really pays little attention <laughs> to the eight. Huh? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This movie what? Hey, doesn't pay much attention to the apes, really. The apes don't factor into this an awful lot. You know, the ape characters, really. They're just there. They're just there. 
Now I'm trying to remember how I know it probably explains it here in a moment, but how did they not end up going to the gallows or whatever the hell that was supposed to happen to them at the end of the last movie? I think Dr. Zaius covered for him. Dr. Zaius is one of those characters who he's like a gray area. Right. So as to whose side he's on. But Dr. Zaius doesn't want to see them get the gallows. He's just trying to cover his shit up. You need to read. There were there were three. Uh, well, it was two four issue miniseries and then a twelve issue maxi series that that Boom did. It was like the last three Apes projects they did before they stopped doing Apes comics. And Doctor Zayas factors heavily into those, and I like it because it really fleshes out the idea that I had had as a kid. And I think I think you had said that you had the same idea. That Zayas kind of knew what was going on right there in the first movie. That right. he knew all about the secret history of the planet and all that. And uh, and I love where that goes. Because it does. It actually shows that he did know. And it shows how he knew. Ow! Well, that's why he tells Taylor, like, you don't want to go searching over there. You, right, exactly. like what you find. I like that this guy's just chugging through the woods. Taking pot shots at birds. Randomly a- puts a hole in <laughs> this guy. And he's just like, whoop, got a bullet hole. Yeah, I know. Brent's a tough son of a yeah, bitch, he- man. He just gets shot. He doesn't yell out. Or... All right, this scene is <laughs> a little silly. This looks like my ape suit that I've got. Well, that's the problem with this scene. It's robot monsters. Yeah, exactly. It's ape suits. And it's like the makeup, the, the cosmetic stuff works fine. But then when you show the, a full ape body, it, I don't <laughs> think it works. I have to be honest. It looks It yeah. looks like a gorilla suit. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think that I think the uh, steam is fake, too. I think the steam is a uh, just a... Uh, Printed over top of it, probably. <laughs> I, you know, this is just exposition. But when it's a monkey doing exposition, I don't care, <laughs> man. I don't care if they're in ape suits or whatever. There's monkeys talking in a sauna. I do not want to see little Zayas. Just, just sit down. Being <laughs> the doctor's assistant. Monkeys sweat. I mean, not monkeys, but apes. Do apes, like gorillas, and around- do they sweat? You know, I, guess I they don't know. Pretty, I mean, they're close to us. Yeah, I imagine they do sweat. They. Yeah. I just, I don't, I never really thought about that before. I guess I always thought that they like would like pant like pant. a dog or something, but no, I guess they must because they say that we're only separated by what is it like some ridiculously small fraction, like 3% of our oh, it's, DNA. Yeah, I think it's something, less than that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's why we love these movies. <laughs> but like he's got the body language perfect. I mean, the thing is, this is really cheesy now, but it was such a novel idea at the time that people were just like, oh my god, this is great. The ape house, they've got a tree in there, you know, they've got their, 
you know, somewhat modern conveniences. They're living like in the 1800s or whatever. Right. But still, I just love that, you know, it just sort of rolls out these characters, but they don't really do a lot productive. They move the story ahead in some ways, but it's just, you know, written around having them there, you know? I'm just glad that, that these two characters were in the, the first three because I I really have a, an affinity for uh, Cornelius and Zira. Yes. I, I think, uh, what's her name, uh, Kim Hunter as Zira, I think she was just fantastic. Really, really liked her. Oh, I think they're the, the, the glue that holds all of it together. Right. It's too bad. I think it would have been really interesting in Escape if instead of being Cornelius and Zira and Dr. Milo, if it had been Cornelius, Zira, and Dr. Zaius. That would have been very interesting to have him as part of the three yeah. winding up in that situation. Yeah. Because I think he is also part of the glue. I don't feel... Like, I'm missing his presence or anything in the third one, but at the same rate, he's one of the things that really, especially with this one, because this one, you know, it, it is weak in a lot of areas, and I think a lot of those areas are kind of shorn up a bit by uh, by Zay- you know, by uh, Maurice Evans's performance as Zayas, because I still like him in this. Well, I think the weakness in it is they just didn't come up with they did come up with something new, but it's what they did come up with that, that new, is new is cheesy. Mm-hmm. So it's like rehash, and then they had to get to where they're going with the with the with a twist, you know, to give it its Rod Serling like ending. Right. And also, this is 1970 when every movie had the same sort of dark nihilistic ending right so that might have had something to do with it yeah that's part of my problem with it too is i mean i don't expect a planet of the apes movie to have the feel good you know to be the feel good movie of the year but the way this one ends (laughs) is just i love that ridiculous who did we know that used to run like that david shell david shell yeah sure was (laughs) monkey run <laughs> i forgot all about that yeah he would just go yeah he would run down the house. there it is <laughs> yeah remember he used to stab people with his pen too <laughs> casual domestic violence in ape land <laughs> So I thought somewhere here it explained why he let them off, but I, I can't remember. Because they were supposed to be facing uh, charges of heresy and uh, what do you call it? Um, Insubordination of some sort. No, it was um, treason. Treason, that was it, yeah, treason. Treason. It's weird because a lot of Roddy McDowell, what gave him away was his eyes, and this guy's even got the eye. I mean, there's 
I n if you hadn't told me, I never would have thought it wasn't Roddy McDowell. I, I think he's amazing. I, I really do. I don't. It, it's sad that he's so good that people don't realize the performance he's pulling off here because he is. He's he's doing. Yeah, I mean, he's doing a great Roddy McDowell. Doctor Zayas's vest looks like the same material that they actually made the action figure vests out. Right. Yeah. I love. I never had any Planet of the Apes action figure. You know the the Migos. Yeah, I really would. Oh, I'd love to have some of those. They had some that, great play sets. That might have actually been. I'm not sure. That might have been my first exposure to Planet of the Apes. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but I remember as a kid going to play with neighbor kids. And taking like my action figures and stuff over to their place, and play. I can remember like playing out in the front yard. Basically, this is and Three's the, company now. I'm sorry. I'm right? <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It is. But no, the kid had a. Uh, he had the Planet of the Apes treehouse, and he had a couple of figures. I know one of them was Cornelius. I don't know who the other ones were, but I can remember not really knowing or understanding who they were, just thinking they were really cool. Right. When we when we went and were plunging out Scotty McGregor's um, attic, we found the uh, catapult and the rock from a planet. Oh, that's set, cool! And the doc and Doctor Zayas's um, outfit, which was um, morbidly <laughs> daubed with like fake blood. So that's cool. Think that Doctor Zayas met. Dr. Zayas, <laughs> his Mego figures met a similar fate as your Mego figures. It was a final battle that they all got. Poor Dr. Zayas. Yeah. <laughs> Probably involving the catapult, I would only hope. You know, for years, I thought that Linda Harrison there that plays uh, Nova, I thought she was so named because she was George Harrison's wife. I thought that for years. I think she might be Richard Harris's daughter. She's, uh, that could be, but she was married to somebody behind the scenes in this. Maybe Arthur P. Jacobs, maybe? I forget. She was married to somebody uh, involved in the making of these movies. I just can't remember which, which person it was. See, he's going to stuff it on his crotch now. Yeah. Just get rid of him already. I would bring him at least, but, well, he doesn't know where he's going. At least he's got the <laughs> bongo drums. <laughs> now she's riding bitch. He was riding bitch before. Now he's... <laughs> Come on, we're going to ride in a random direction. I'd rather have that music than this crappy music. Oh, oh, that's a hell of a stunt. There's Do a lot again. of horse stunts in this. Poor horsey. The, you know, there were a lot of stuntmen working on this. There's a lot of stuntmen gags <gasps> in this. Boy! I do not like the score. I heard bears couldn't run down hills, but apparently humans can either. <laughs> I don't know why that's it's just fun. It was so badass in those days, though, because it was just like 
it was the most nobody had thought of this you know there'd been other gorilla suit movies and everybody loves monkey movies there's only like a dozen of them why don't they give them the good makeup but they don't they've <laughs> all got the the shit makeup get it done fast yeah but it's you know it's it's just slapdash and it looks slapdash on some of them <laughs> I you see I don't care how stupid the movie is. I love this world. I love this yeah. world. Oh, me too. <laughs> Where all the people are monkeys and they're just like running around panicked and freaked out. <laughs> and just like we would be if the two monkeys were sort of sitting on their own, we'd be like, you better watch out for those monkeys. Reminds me of the episode where Kirk looks at the view screen and all those people are looking back in at him. <laughs> yeah. I used to. <laughs> See, this is where the stuntmen get their pay. Oh, Jesus. This reminds us of us playing robots when we were kids. It reminds me of recess at school, is what it reminds me of. You know, they talk about how gym class, the, the roles have been reversed. You know, in a world where the roles have been. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three, one. It's great. Paper size. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of um, the parody of uh, in. Uh... <laughs> All right. So they talk about the roles being reversed. But do we go and get a bunch of apes? And, like, let's put these suckers on horses and just abuse that, practice abusing the hell out of them. Do we sit around going, these apes are filthy and stupid, let's kill them all, you know? <laughs> I mean, what's going on here? I think there's an ape geld, or a human gelding going on. Something's going on I there. know, and, and these are our two favorite characters, and they're almost like the equivalent of Dr. Mengele working in a... <laughs> this one's got a good brain. Yeah. He's got goofy ears. He's got the voice for this role. Yes, he does. I like his Fishes big and bulbous head. Too. Yeah, that giant bulbous head with the with that those helmets they have. They just look funny. This 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 <laughs> freaks climbing. <laughs> <laughs> it just cracks me up. <laughs> What? I didn't what? see locks on the door of my own uh, carriage? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just... <All> right. <laughs> but that stuff was like magic to people. The, the moments of like actual facial acting and stuff through the makeup. Right. People were just so enamored of it. 
I mean, when 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 I was watching YouTube videos of for Planet of Eight's months, there's so many little appearances on talk shows with it. Roddy McDowell would come out in his ape makeup. There's one of Paul That's Williams in ape makeup. That's a bad blue screen shot, yes, man. It is. Oh, I never noticed that before. There's a little Indiana Jones moment here. I like this shit. It's like Indiana <laughs> Jones, but it's like there's no music, so it's weird. It's filmed like an old western. It's totally That's old cool. west gags. Oh my god, is that Kirk Rock? I think it is. Another Star Trek connection with this. It kind of looked like it might have been. <laughs> He's just dealing the balls with Wait. that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. But yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark took this sort of sequence and and totally re revamped it using music and editing. And it's funny right. seeing the old school. I mean, this could be any Western if you had him in a cowboy outfit. I mean, if you had a decent composer for this part, I mean, you could really jazz that scene yeah. up and make it just that much cooler. I mean, not that it's not cool, but as you say, there's no score in it at all. If they did that in, in movies today, that'd be like a 20-minute sequence with you know a, a raucous. Yeah, there would be there would be edits of him kicking the these horses. I don't know if these horses are really this beat up or if they made them up to just look, but these horses look. Uh, Look at them. They got scurfitis and sway back and yeah, they're just like patchy and yeah. Got the mange. I wonder how she stayed in that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that he sort of, you get the subtext that he's not hitting that because it's Taylor's girl or something. Right. But really. <laughs> Did it? Uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell did these guys come from? There's always just apes hanging around in the woods, man. I guess. With guns. And their sweaty outfits. Freaking everywhere. Just in case. Well, look, th this kind just... of shit's always going on. There's always humans escaping on horses. Okay, this is just padding here. This is like they didn't have enough story. So, first they're on foot and get chased by apes and get captured. Now they're on horseback and they're going to get chased by yeah, apes. I mean, this is the same damn scene it, twice. It's very much like the last eight movie. Uh, we're, we're used to so much more happening in a movie, you know, so much more story being crammed in. Right. And and this movie is, is like a good half hour, 40 minutes shorter than a modern Planet of the Apes. Right, that's true too. too. And, and See, still I, would obje I would object to what you said, though, about this being like the last movie, though, because, I mean, yes, granted, there's chase movies and stuff, or chase moments, rather, in the in the last movie and everything, but, I mean, they're brilliantly directed, the score's fantastic, and it does oh. advance the story, whereas yeah, no. here it just feels like they're just They're just running doing it over again in this yeah. one. It's just, a, it's just sort of a pale imitation. That's okay. Although here we st this is where we start to actually go somewhere here because this so this is where it starts to break the mold and have its own thing going on for better or worse. If it wasn't for this and what they find down there, 
I don't know that I would have much of a high opinion of this, but this is what I go to these kind of movies yes. for, is this shit that they're going to see down here. This is how me and my friends played, like, going into a cave and being like, it's an old subway system. Right. You know, I love this. Cheesy as it is, it's great seeing how, oh, I love how it. long it takes for, you know, how it takes for him to figure out what's going on. Put it all together. I love it. Have his Heston. He does have his Heston moment, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I think this reveal is just as good as uh, as the first movie with the statue. I like this one because it's a little bit more of a slow burn. It, it takes yeah. him a minute to, to come to the realization of what he's really looking at. He's got to kind of figure it out a little bit. It's nice to acted, too. Plus, I think the set design here is really nice. Star Trek rocks. <laughs> That is just cool. You maniacs. Well, I like things like this because it makes you think. I mean, we'll never know, but it just makes you think. In 2,000 years, what will the world we're living in look like? How much of it will be left for people in the future, if there's even people in the future, to, to look back and wonder, you know, what it was it all like? Because, I mean... You look back 2,000 years ago from where we are today, and there's very little of that world left. Well, I remember checking this book out of a library when I was in mid, like early middle school, and it was like an archaeology book from the future where they were digging up old hotel, you know, a hotel and stuff like that, and they were trying to figure out what everything was, you know, and they, they had surmise that we worship TVs because there was always a TV like in a central location at right. Shrine everywhere that they went and like they they actually found Twinkies that were still you know preserved <laughs> and stuff like that <laughs> it was great you know it was great to see how much of it they got wrong and made you think you know how much we don't know about past civilizations that we have to just guess and that we have no idea what you know what, what was really going on. Yes, you finally really did it. We determined that last movie. And at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> he is a freaky looking dude. Oh, face palm. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find that image somewhere and use that from now on. That's that's yeah, that's as good as the Picard face palm. The guy playing the preacher looks like somebody, and I just can't think with the bug eyes and all that. I just can't think of who I think he looks like. Man, there's one really fake ape in the background. Not, you can't see him in this shot, maybe on purpose. <laughs> I want to live in one of these ape houses, though. I, I'd love <laughs> to have a house like that. Wouldn't it be awesome? No windows. Say, along them. Out on the old 
wonder how much of that stuff's left. Probably none of it now. No, yeah, it was probably not made to to weather. I mean, it looks well constructed and all that, but I'm that's, sure that's all just movie magic. What are they doing? It rains or something? If they don't have any actual like panes of glass in the windows or anything? Well, I don't know. They're I mean they're near New York City, so it must get pretty cold around winter. You would think. Hey, pippies. Chimpies. <laughs> get off the road, young people. <laughs> I like that look. He's just like, oh, you don't want martyrs. <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> Kill them. Kill them all. Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> bees. 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 Is that all they say? Yeah, I think they use banana pepper spray on them, too. <laughs> This is outrageous. You're treating us like humans. There's somebody actually yelled guerrilla brutality. I love the flags. This looks like a gay pride parade. <laughs> or the beginning of a pod race. <laughs> oh, God. They need that stupid ass uh, two headed announcer to be telling you what's going on in <laughs> and this. And now. <laughs> <laughs> and now the ape army is massing to attack the humans. <laughs> oh lord. It just doesn't make s it's they don't know what the what's going on in the forbidden zone. But they're going to march on it. I don't get it, you know. I wish I was done with that book I'm reading because it actually what what's nice about that book that I'm reading is it, it takes place concurrently with the first two movies and it's giving you um well for one thing it's giving you man that uh, Landon's uh, Landon's story you know because we never really know what happens to Landon we see him get knocked out at the hunt. And then later on, you see him when he's been lobotomized. But right. in between, what happened to him? And it's, so it's giving you that story. And then also, it's it's adding a lot of shading to the story we're seeing here with, with the gorillas and why specifically they wanted to invade the Forbidden Zone. And also, there's been quite a bit with the mutants as well. You know, what, what was their deal? Why, you know... Why were they living the way they, they were living and all that? So it's, it's shading a lot of this stuff in. And in a strange sort of way, it's it's given me a bit more of an appreciation for this movie. Because, you know, I don't want to be too down on the movie. It's not like I hate it. I don't hate it. It's just, it, it, I think you said it best. It's a mess. It's it's kind of all over the place. It goes from... It's very you know, typical of, of, of bad sequels of this time. Oh, yeah. Where they would... Where they would just sort of re, you know rehash it, and these ones always ended up making it to TV real quick. <laughs> oh yeah, I got to see all of these. I only saw these in bits and pieces here and there until the Apes TV show started. 
And then they started playing all the movies on TV. Mm-hmm. And I'd listen to the record sets, too. Over at Todd Riley's house, he had all the records. Yeah. I can remember uh, there was a cousin of mine, a distant cousin of mine, that uh, he had the, the book and records. I remember this being one that he had. And so I actually learned more about the movie from that book and record. I think I might have actually seen the book and record for this first before I ever saw the movie, if I remember right. So it, it kind of braced me for what it was all about. Because as a kid, this was one of those movies that I, I can remember watching and being, you know, like, I don't know what the hell's going on. That sound and surround sound is like really annoying. Yes. I couldn't wait for it to go away. It's a nice mat. Which reminds me of Temple of Doom a little bit. Let's head right into this painting. I'll bet you it was <laughs> right there. I'll bet you that's not even superimposed. I'll bet you that there was a painting right there. They go right up to it, too. It's good. I, I really do like it. Yeah, you can see where the where the line is. Some nice set design, though. I really do like this stuff. But, I mean, you you give me... I don't care how bad it is. You give me a movie that has scenes like this where they find... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. The you know, post-apocalyptic nuclear war destruction and, you know, old destroyed New York City or San Francisco or whatever the case may be. And I, I'm just... I'm you know such me. a I, sucker for that shit. I whine and cry about bad writing... And, you know, things not making sense and, you know, poor characterization. But when it's a post-apocalyptic movie with talking monkeys, (laughs) you kind of got me. That's that's all there is to it. You kind of got me. It it takes, like, Tim Burton to ruin it for me. I wonder how many people are going to chime in wondering why we're not covering that one. I just got to be honest with you. I have no interest. I do. I saw, I, I, I saw it the one time, and I was actually digging it pretty well. And then it got the to last the end, third of and it. I'm like, you know what? That completely ruined the entire movie, and I got no interest to revisit it. It lost. It lost me completely in the last third of it. Mm-hmm. And usually, I find most modern sci-fi or genre movies do sort of usually have a last third that can't compete with the front two thirds of it but that one like literally I was done with it you know mm-hmm. I was starting to go like oh geez this is a lame ending and then by the last scene I was just like nah I'm, I'm done this the one nice thing I will say about that movie is I do like the uh, the the Danny Elfman I like pieces of the Danny Elfman score it, to it, it the, the main theme is awesome to the, that the beginning of it and the ape village this shot and the way the ape set this reminds me of like THX 1138 and Logan's Run Logan's Run also reminds me of when Luke's walking through that thing in the in the fight with Darth Vader and the Empire Strikes Back that tunnel that lights up for him like I say though impressive set design I really like this stuff. Stuff like this, I wonder, like, did they go somewhere that had all this stuff? Or did they build all this? Or or what? 
because it's pretty cool. I mean, it looks like they built this, so I would imagine they built it all. Unless they built this set onto the... That's cool. This reminds me of uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Right. Oh, I love it. Colors are a little vibrant on that bus for it being a couple thousand years old, but still pretty cool. Yeah. That's cool. I, I really like that shot. Oh, that sound is like so annoying. It's like listening to the score to The Dark Knight. <laughs> I like how everything's just sort of nuclear melted a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I like that effect. East 51st Street. That's cool. I used to know a great deli around here. So is that the church that gets stepped on in Ghostbusters? Possibly. I don't know my New York enough to know where it is. It seems like they've got all the landmarks crammed together. <laughs> Dude, you are not going to... No, no! Yeah, it might be oh, good. It might oh, be good. No, no, no. Oh, dude! The yeah. hell did you just spit right in her face? <laughs> she is the most agreeable cave lady ever. She just does not... She just... Whatever's <laughs> going on, she just sort of... Oh, he's drinking crappy water and spitting? Okay. All right, run now. Sleep now. Wake up. Run. Okay. Well, that's why I, I have a problem with her sudden... Uh... <laughs> Damn it, now I got to piss. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if it's... If it's this movie or the the prior one, but at some point it was revealed that she was actually pregnant with uh, Taylor's child, and I guess it came. It was like it's not in the finished film, of course, but it was in like one of the scripts or something, and it actually made its way into one of the comic adaptations. I think it's this one, but I can't remember. Like so is this of... just an illusion or are they really drinking water I wonder oh, if I had a dime for every time this happens to me sometimes you just gotta choke a bitch you know what I'm saying around her throat <laughs> Crazy bastard. <laughs> this, a, a lot of this footage of like his face, like there, it looks like they took the original footage and blew it up to make it fill the screen more. She, it, she's just sort of like, what? Whatever. Yeah, it's like you said, she's. <laughs> this happens to what? me all Are the you time. talking to me? Hey, hey, are you drunk? 
She is very agreeable, though. Yeah, she's just like, whatever. Well, he was choking me. First he told me seems to drink. Like, seems like she'd want to slap him or something. What? Yeah, you'd think she'd have some sort of personality at all. Just because she's an ape person doesn't, or you know. I tell you what, I'm going to go get some stock and band-aids because apparently they're still around a couple of thousand years from now because yeah. that one that's on his arm is stuck pretty well. No, he took it off, dude. That's his That's his scar. He, he healed. Uh, so he's Wolverine. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm guessing this has all taken place in like the last few hours after since he's crashed. You know, he made maybe slept a night in the subway opening there, but that's it. It was been pretty much a straight through almost real time adventure. The space dildo. It looks like a bullet actually. Okay. Oh well, we can pretty much turn it off now. <laughs> This is where this one kind of jumps the shark for me. I got to be honest. Now, I like me some mutant freaks. You know I do. But this is where it gets a, just a little bit. What did you say? Although, I do like their uh, John Byrne Krypton outfits here. The, this is very much, well, of course, this is you know way predating. But these outfits that the mutants are wearing look a lot like the ones that uh, that Byrne would use when he revamped Superman and Krypton and all that. It's they're actually pretty cool. Your lips. I like how he's so doing full. The, the Samantha from Bewitched, like Bing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the number you have dialed is not working at this time. Yeah, I can't figure out these guys' motivations at all. As to you know, as to what they're trying to what information I they're don't. trying to get from him. Wait a minute, they're the assheads. I get it now. I like Robert Vaughn here from Man from Uncle. What the <laughs> hell is he doing there? <laughs> we need some more humans for our chess game. Are those the little kids from uh, in the Children Shall Lead? They just all laid down on the ground there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm just not crazy about this whole sequence. I got to be honest. It's the Hall of Bald Guys. Although, anytime you give me Lex Luthor's underground lair from Superman the movie, I'm pretty much down for that. Yeah. Though. I you want my get, own underground layer like this. This would be sweet. You want to get both a laugh and be disturbed at the same time. Look at the uh, look at the closing credits for this on the 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 black guy's character. What the name of his character I, is? I it's saw not it. right. Oh, did you see that? Yeah. Yes. Not right. Whoa! Was that King Tut from Batman? Fat dude. Yes. I think that is King Tut. <laughs> that guy looks familiar. Every time I see this, yes. I think he looks familiar to he me. He looks like Win Ben Stein's money. <laughs> yeah. Bueller. 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 
I'm an astronaut. Sure you are. That really does look like Robert Vaughn. Why isn't he looking for the other astronauts that were on Taylor's ship? What about them? Ask about them? Nah, nobody cares about them. That dude looks like Jor-El with glasses. I'm serious. A defect. Oh, don't show the shit effect again. <laughs> that guy is <laughs> just like... Between the baby face and the weird blue eyes, he just looks goofy. You're showing the woman like at all. This guy's freaky looking too. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he went to the Kirk School of Pain. Yes, yes, exactly. He almost makes the um, <laughs> Charlton Heston pain noise to the ah. Oh, there she is. That's uh, what's her name? Trundy, Matt, Natalie Trundy. She's in. Uh, she's in the Monday. next. I think. I think she's actually in a couple of these movies. I know she's definitely in the next one. She plays. Uh, oh, what's what's the character's name? Ah. Stop it! Ah. Stop it! Oh, now they can talk, yeah. you assholes. Now that it's convenient. It's like the Russian spies going, Let us practice our English now, comrade. Stevie, that's her name in the next movie. She plays Stevie. Stevie Nicks. I think she plays one of the ape women in. I don't know about the fourth movie, but I think she's one of the ape women in the fifth movie. I'm not sure, but I know she's in other of the movies. I don't know if she's in the first one, but I know she's in some of the later ones. She might actually. I might be confusing her and uh, and Linda Hamilton in the thing where I was saying about her being married to somebody behind this. I think it's uh, Natalie Trundy that's married to somebody behind the scenes in the movie. Now that I think about it, I think she might have been uh, Arthur P. Jacobs' wife, something like that. I forget. I am really tired of the tones in this movie by this point. <laughs> It's so Star Trek. Really? You're a patient people? Because I'm not getting that so much. Yeah, I just imagined it too because it knocked me on my ass. Why? <laughs> They're just, they're just evil bastards. Yeah, they're just having fun torturing him, essentially. It was like Mr. Martle demonstrating the Martle yank on somebody <laughs> every semester. Oh, is that prick still alive? Probably. 
That's a total Kirk speech. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, dude, I hope I live long enough for somebody to write a, uh, a Planet of the Apes Star Trek mashup, like a classic Trek, classic Planet of the Apes mashup. I would love that shit. I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. Wouldn't that be a great, like, that'd be a great, like, comic book miniseries or something, like an alternate history type of thing. Like, what if it hadn't been Taylor and crew to land there, but instead it was, like... The Enterprise crew? Kirk. Well, yeah, like, you know, like the classic, you know, like Kirk, instead of it being, like, uh, Taylor, uh, Landon, and Dodge, it's Kirk, Spock, and McCoy crash on the planet of the apes and they have to go through the same shit like from the first couple of movies i think that'd be awesome i would love that shit because i could i could totally see this scene being kirk the one that's oh sure this little speech i'd love that can't you understand that i mean i'm sure nimoy had too much of a gut by now to do this Oh, no, I mean, they could never do it live action or anything, but I could totally see this as a comic book series. No, no, I mean, just like like at this time, the- theoretically, you could have had Shatner playing that role, but I think he was a little... Oh, you thick. mean in... Oh, yeah, definitely, because... What would we say this was? 70? 70. Yeah, he was, he was still pretty decent shape in 70. If he was going to be on the big screen, I'm sure he'd have, he'd have dropped some, some of those th- season three pounds and... This is the equivalent of the bully, why are you hitting yourself? (laughs) See, I don't understand their reasoning behind having him kill her. First, and why he has to make out with her, too. Because they're sadistic mutant freaks. Is this the only way you can get off? They're like the ultimate voyeurs, right? I guess so. <laughs> that guy's <is> definitely <laughs> getting a little creepy over there. <clears throat> hey, dude, if I were you, I'd stay away from her neck. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just a hint. It's a little bit of advice. See, she doesn't. She doesn't like smack. She's just like, oh. <laughs> I want to know why they think he knows something. Yeah. He does. He knows the apes are marching on our city, but they should know that too. Right. And here's another thing. Okay, here are the apes marching on their city. And they're going to they're going to throw up some visual stuff, but why don't they hit the apes with the sonic screwdriver? And, right. Uh, you know, and have the apes killing each other and stuff. I, they totally, they totally d- don't deliver on their badassery that they claim they have. It's a pretty decent ape army. I do say so myself. I mean, is the is the bomb that they have is that their only weapon? Just the the one nuke? They don't have any like machine guns or no? They just have their brain weapons, but they don't use their brain weapons. Only here. I think there's a isn't uh, maybe I'm confusing it with another story, but it seems like there's a line somewhere about like that they're not able to affect the apes 
oh, as okay. easily as they can. The uh, I I would swear that there's a line in there somewhere about well, that would make the sense ape brains because... being too primitive or some shit. I forget. It, You'd also think sure they could do something like take a piece of metal and put it over the hole to their entrance. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just go out and throw a tarp over it exactly. or It would be pretty easy to close off. I don't think they really have to leave, it doesn't seem like. And once again, what are these apes going after? They don't even know. They're go just going into the Forbidden Zone where all they know is things are freakish and apes die. Right. I'm not so crazy about that effect. The fire is cheesy, but in general, it's pretty. I like how they all start going. <laughs> this reminds me of a uh, race with the devil for some reason. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's a pretty creepy scene, though. I like that part. <laughs> He's That's doing the squiggy from the Laverne and Shirley. So cheesy. <laughs> Behold, an ape who bleeds. <laughs> Why does the lawgiver need a spaceship? The lawgiver, please. Dude. <laughs> See that one just get chucked off his horse. We are still God's chosen. This is a vision, and it is a lie. Do it. Do it. Show him, Dr. Zass. What? Okay, that's super cheesy. <laughs> Whoa. Huh? So if he bought it, shouldn't he be dead? I'm a little. That was the same right. shot twice. I'm a little confused by that, but it's a okay. hologram. I like his jacket. It's a lot like Luke's jacket at the end of the first Star Wars movie. Yeah, it just smells worse. <laughs> it's got a full of ape sweat. little fuzz in some of those uh, some of those shots. You notice that? Yeah. A little bit of out of focus fuzz there. That's a pretty cool scene though. Oh, please don't. <sighs> These are totally Krypton outfits. Yeah. Superman. I never really noticed that before. 
I wonder if anybody's ever called him on that. I don't know, but I think, you know, now that you mentioned, I think John Byrne would be would do a damn good Planet of the Apes count. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see what his apes look like. <laughs> I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see Marvel pick, pick, uh, oh, that's cool. I forgot about that shot. The lovely New York skyline. Yeah, they zeroed in a little this, too close to the map painting, though. Oh my god, I this, hate this part. This, their hymns, literally sound like commercial jingles <laughs> mixed with hymns. It's kind of brilliant and kind of super cheesy at the same time. <laughs> we do it all for you. Yeah, it does. It, it sounds like radio jingles. This is just so. And this, yes, my lord, this. thy holy hand grenade. <laughs> this takes the movie down a considerable yeah. couple of notches right here. Cause this, this is just schlock. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can get the whole thing of them worship. But do we have to, I mean, do you have to go this far with it to where they're actually sitting in pews and... Uh, isn't that the control panel from the Fortress of Solitude? That's what I'm saying. There's lots of stuff in this. Uh-oh, it's the Penosaurus bomb. We're screwed now. Everybody gets... No! No, I hate that line. Don't... Oh, God, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> to the whole holy fall. No, no, no. That's so no! Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that line sucks. It's almost like, I mean, this is to the verge of almost being comedic. Oh, it and is. you know they, they were not, this was supposed to be some heavy shit, man. No, I was watching this with my with my wife the other day, and she's just looking at me like, what? What? What the hell? <laughs> what? what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you just, you just got to roll with it. Just trust me. It, it's okay. It'll be all right. Hey, liar. <laughs> All I want is some pants. A decent pair of pants. Yeah, you know, Nova cleans up pretty well. Okay. This part's just... If they were going to be revealed to be mutant freaks, then why wasn't it just like an illusion they were casting? Where the hell in the post-apocalyptic <laughs> world do you go to get... Latex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they go to Party City. Do they get up every morning and take the eight hours it takes to apply these makeup effects to them? What? I am your father. Whoa! Tell your sister she was right. I mean, they're great effects, don't get me wrong. I think the they black look guy looks like Voldemort from the Harry Potter <laughs> movies. <laughs> Who is that? Ralph Ralph Fiennes? Uh, pfft, you got me. No, you are not thinking. You are not singing All Creatures Great and Small. Yeah, but there's a, a twist to it. The good bomb made us all. Oh, Jesus. Really? Even Nova's like, come on. Ugh. <laughs> uh. 
Where did they get these hymns printed up? Is there still a Kinko's going in, I don't know. in the ape world? It looks like they all just like glanced into the Holy Grail, you know. <laughs> just opened it up real quick and took a quick look. But I'm serious, dude. If if they're masters of illusion, then why why actual physical latex rubber mask? Why don't they just do the little dinky 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 and it just there's a wavy effect and then they're revealed to be mutant freaks? Why actually pulling off the Scooby Doo mask? I don't understand that. It looks like it would hurt too. You almost <laughs> want to put salt on them like a snail and see if it helps. <laughs> Although I like their ultra-modern pew chairs they got there. Those are pretty, uh, with the swanky colors on them. Yeah, our, our church could learn a thing or two from this movie. Because, yeah. Oh, I'm dude, tired just of think if church was like this something. for you every Sunday, man. <sighs> they walk you shirtless down a hallway. <laughs> Pull their faces off. They're hideous mutant freaks. <laughs> At the end of every every service, the apes come <laughs> charging through, and that's how it ends. I guess the reason I thought this was a two-and-a-half-hour movie is, damn, does it feel like it. I can't believe this is only 90 minutes, because this part just drags like it, hell. This part drags it down a little bit, but don't worry. it's it's Now we're getting into Star Trek territory here. <laughs> I tell you, one that guy's thing. like Kevin Bacon or something. You and I, we we need to do a fan edit of this because this scene so badly needs. Taylor, give me a hug, man. Hug. We just grab our arms. How did you get here, Subway? Charles Hessen's a big dude, isn't he? I never realized he's freaking huge. You know, I'm not getting that so much. They keep saying this thing about being a patient people and a friendly people and we're we're snugly warm people, but I'm not really getting that. Why are they? Th- I I don't understand why they are their enemies. Right. I don't care. They're gonna fight now. Who gives a shit? <laughs> it is. This is this is a pure. This is a Star Trek fight, but it's a little bloodier because it's. Dun, 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 dun. I love Ooh. how his fists are quivering as he resists. That looks like Leonard Nimoy from what was it, Space <laughs> Zombies or whatever? <laughs> zombies of the Stratosphere. Yeah, in the background. Yeah. Ow! Oh my lumbar See? region. <laughs> Well, Heston has the advantage because he's he's got arms like an ape anyway. I mean, he's he's got Look so at that much little guy. Yeah, up. he's just throttling the shit out of him. Ow! Try it. Whoa! Try a double-handed. Oh. Cur- oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Ow. Man, Ow. Heston is pulling Ow. out the Shatners. Well, this is great too because there's actually a little bit of subtext here of the of the two stars fighting it out as well. You yeah, know? look at you. You're just a puny version of me. <laughs> oh, right in the balls. Right, great. the old Hestons. Ah, <laughs> uh, probably those <laughs> pretty cold dead hands. 
<laughs> he was choking him like Dreyfus cl- choking Cluzo there for a minute too. I love that. Yeah, maybe this is it. They just like whenever You're I show up my at, ass. at the cell, you you attack me to keep me on my toes. <laughs> I love this shit. Here, give me a club. Let's let's Ugh. let's sweeten the deal. He actually a busted here. a hole in the wall. That's <laughs> I know. Great. Here, the holy pig sticker. Where's mine, you prick? That's not cool. <laughs> not you. Now, this thing looks like it's really real. Like right there. That Jesus it looks Christ. heavy. Yeah. Now what did what would have happened if that had like slipped out of his hand or something? He looked like he actually could kill Heston with that thing. It's great. Ah, you bitch. Huh? <laughs> he just got. <laughs> I love that part. They look like they actually could have been seriously hurt in this part had something gone wrong. That's one of the reasons I really like this fight. Davey! <laughs> oh? <laughs> okay, I got it. Oh, Jesus! Ow! Hey. <laughs> oh, this is my God. favorite part coming up here. Oh, get the door. Oh, bummer. Uh, he dead. Nah, he's got a little twitch left in him. <gasps> oh, that's right. He's got to reveal himself. Oh, God. You forgot to say, Luke, help me take this mask off. <laughs> All right, I got to be honest. We kind of breezed past it because we were having so much fun. I hate the part where Nova talks. Hate the part where Nova talks. Yeah, the I thing- got the I got the opinion that they were... I got the thing that they were just evolved past vocal cords. She might be able to like get a ooh 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 out or something, you know. Like exactly. I mean, so you're you're telling me that in this society that you know, two two of these primitive humans that are attached to each other, one of them gets in mortal jeopardy, the other one can't ever do anything. It's just suddenly she can. Come on, really? I just don't buy it. I don't. I think it takes it down a level. It's just as bad as the alternate ending. Well, actually, it's the it's the theatrical ending to Conquest has the female ape speak, and I hate that shit too. I actually like the other ending a lot better, which is that's the one that we'll be covering the the unrated one. I like that one so much better. I'm sorry, I beat the stuffings out of you. Here, let me let me give you a hug. How does he know this? <laughs> I don't know. He's smart. No, dude, they do know what they've got. I can't decide how I feel about Heston 
not so much in the movie, but behind the scenes in this movie. See, he, the reason he's got the role that he has in this movie is that he flat refused to make a sequel. He was right. like, I got no interest. The first movie was great. It, it was is right. what it is. The story <laughs> is told. I'm done. And then as a personal favor to, I think, again, Arthur P. James, I think, who, somebody, somebody involved with the first movie, you know, there, there was all this pressure for sequel. You know, they just, they had sequelitis so bad. They just had to make more. Because this movie was Money-itis. just. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the first movie was just, I mean, it was a completely out of the blue smash. You know, block, the term blockbuster hadn't come along yet, but it was, it was a blockbuster runaway hit. Yeah. And the studio, 20th Century Fox, had been struggling for years and, and had loss after, you know, like major loss after major loss until Apes hit. So they just wanted to keep it going. I so, love that it's the genre movies that always bail out. Oh yeah. Videos. So you know, as a as a basically the whoever it was, whichever guy it was behind the scenes, basically went to Heston and like personally begged him, like <laughs> please help us out. And Heston was like, "All right, Jesus Christ, I'll do it." But he said, "Here's the deal: I got to die in it." And he wanted to die like right in the opener of the movie. But the compromise they struck was that he'd be in it, he would die, but it would be like he disappears at the beginning of the movie, comes back later, dies at the end. And then what I love about it is that just to make good and goddamn sure that this wasn't going to happen to him again, not only does he die, he destroys the planet. <laughs> it just, yeah, so, spoiler. No way that you know it's that he's going to be another, and then damned if they weren't able to pull off three more movies. You know that's the that's the brilliant part of it, is that it worked to a to a degree. It worked because you know no more no more Taylor, but I mean they they actually destroy the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, they, they, they still pretty much take out any hopes of sequels in this. It, 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 like right here is the beginning of this is like. This reminds me, there was a point in Battle in Outer Space Wars where we just killed everybody off. Right. Because we were just like, where else, you know, I don't know, we were sad being sadistic or whatever. <laughs> what the hell else can you do? But it, yeah. yeah, it reminds me of that. It reminds me of like kids playing with their action figure and like everybody's, everybody goes. <laughs> you know, it's funny Look you say the, that. I, I love how they... <laughs> Ow! Why did they let that ape just walk so far up those stairs? He was just like, dum de dum de dum well, you know, you make a good point that I never really thought of before. In a lot of ways, that is what this movie feels like. It yeah. feels like kids sitting down to play with their Planet of the Apes action figures, and this is just the little adventure that they come up with. It doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. Story's pretty damn screwy and wonky, but... They can't yeah, think you of any other fun. way to end it other than everybody dies. Everybody dies, <laughs> yep. And they do, too. It's a shame. He really under he's he's really under emoting here though. He just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> come on, come on. Wow. That's the only bad thing in this is that you can tell he's completely disengaged. Other yeah. than that fight, that fight was pretty damn good. And I, I, I hate to accuse Charlton Hesna phoning it in, but come on. Yeah. He's phoning the shit. He in. does have his heart in this. He is not yeah, engaged. Shit. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's some shitty statues. I man. know there's some. 
like they were made by Cadbury or something. <laughs> Excuse me, are you dead? This reminds me a little bit of um, the movie Zardoz. Oh, God. I love that. I movie. haven't seen that in so long, I, I can't even remember. Uh, I don't that, even know what, what you're drawing the parallel to. Why did she kill herself? Well, because I guess she thought that she'd rather die than at the hands of dirty apes. Especially, look at this ape. See, the apes are, you know, they're a little uh, interested in the, hey, hey, hi there. Hi there. What? Get moving. Come on. Come in, it's open. Go away, baiting. <laughs> Can I just say for like the umpteenth time this episode that I friggin' hate the score to this movie? What what is he thinking? How does that work? It's like there's ah oh. Yeah, it's 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 it sort of trying work. to get that ape thing, but it's more almost like a Roman Colosseum thing. Arrest that crazy. <laughs> That's what, you know if I had a dime for every time I heard that. <laughs> and that. <laughs> my son. Near me again, with my colored rocks. That'd be great if Marlon Brando popped up behind him. Been dead for many thousands of your years. Yeah, you may be wondering why I sent bomb along with you. Take that. Would you like a little salt with that pepper? That'll teach him. <laughs> I love these guns. I love the ape guns. The design of them. Yeah. Especially the pistols. <laughs> you stupid bastard. Uh, from where? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. They're huh? apes. They carry that shit around, man. I guess. They're like freaking ape boy scouts. They, were, they came fully prepared. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're ape seal team six, man. <laughs> hot, 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 hot. Careful, careful. Why don't you just get the hell out? That's what I don't really get here. Well, just that's the thing about a nuclear a bomb is a nuclear bomb has a whole, like, like it doesn't just, you don't drop it and it goes off, you exactly. know? Exactly. So the apes can sit and play with it all they want. The most that's going to happen is they're going to radiate themselves. That's just a giant aerosol can. <laughs> Give me that bubble gum in your mouth. Eeny, meeny. That's actually da -da 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 better than the That's the best musical, yeah. <laughs> Interlude, yet. Ow! <laughs> Let's see who it is. Ow! That's a good effect right there. I like that little quiver he does. Wait. 
I didn't know if it was you. I should. I wouldn't have had him shoot you. You ain't seen nothing yet. That's like a peckin' paw right there. Yeah, right in the right in the old brain. Look at him, he's just so obviously holding a bag full of blood. It's not even so much that that's a bad sequence or anything. It's just all of a sudden it's going to go to white and, and we then get the ghost host. Helpful voice. Which literally, this is the ghost host. This is uh, Paul Freeze here. Narrator of Hardware Wars, I like to point out. Is now dead. The end. And that's it. Literally, what? The end. Wait, wait, whoa, wait, I, huh? what? Do you really get the Do you really get the feeling that maybe they finished the movie and they were like, it's not really clear exactly what happened. We better <laughs> put that voiceover on there. Wait, somebody go grab the ghost host and have him throw some narration in here just to clear it up for everybody. Everybody's yeah, exactly. dead. The world is dead. Have a nice day. Stick around for the second feature. <laughs> Gidget <Coming> goes <laughs> camping. Negro, come on. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, Don Pedro, Co is it Coley? Uh, now, which one Coley? of the guys was Negro? The. <laughs> <laughs> I can't got believe me. you. You almost got me. right into that. Yeah, you almost got I'm like, wait, 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 no, never mind. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow, that was the shortest I credits ever in a movie ever. Wow. Wow. I, I gotta I gotta be honest, I had a blast doing it though. Holy cow. <sighs> yeah, See, I don't think that movie drags at all. I think it just I think it, you know by the time it by the time it slows down a little bit, you're still in a state of what the hell is going on? <laughs> orientation's kinda that's cool. That's the problem. I stay in a perpetual state of what the hell is going on. Welcome to my it's world. It's not even so much what the hell is going on, it's a perpetual state of what what the hell did I just see? What wait, what? Yeah, no. Oh man. Did he die? <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, I, I, I do I did have a blast and I I do enjoy it on on several levels. It's just wonky as it's, it's it's clearly wonky. Well here's the evil truth about Apes Month, at least in the movie category is really the best apes movie is the original Planet of the Apes. Oh clearly. So yeah. <laughs> So we're gonna you know, this isn't but gonna I'm, be just like an appreciation of great cinema. Fun have, cinema. That, that said, have you watched the next one again yet? Not in, watched... No, I have not watched it again yet, and I haven't seen it since I was a little kid. All right. So, so I, okay. it, yeah, I'm basically going in on a first real viewing, first adult viewing on all the rest so of the I'm, I'm going to hold off on, on anything about that other than to say I'm, I'm hoping that you are pleasantly surprised. Well, I know, it's, I know it's a big step up from this one. Because I have it, I have seen them in all, and I always remember this one always being sticking out in my head as the, I mean, there's eye roller stuff in the other ones, but it mostly comes from having a crappy budget more than anything else. Right. Whereas this one, it's just like, 
somebody wrote this. <laughs> somebody wrote this down and said, here, look at this. This makes sense, right? We'll film this. See, I, I, I'm of the opinion that three is just a just a bare notch below the original because i i love the original movie love it love it love it but uh i i have really come to appreciate the third one as well, well the so third i'm, I'm really where the real world building actually begins mm -hmm. where they start get where they start doing the stuff that necessarily ties together any further sequels well, they tie in. That's interesting too because they try like hell. It yeah. seems that way, but as we're going to find as we go further and further into it, yes, sort of, but not really because these movies have real continuity problems from one to another because there's there's something that's going to come up in the in the third movie that while I love the speech that's given is also a moment of going wait, where the hell are you getting this from and why didn't you ever tell anybody you knew this before? And and I'm not going to tell you what, when you rewatch it, you're going to know exactly the scene I'm talking about. You're going to watch it and you're, you're going to, that, that's going to be your thought through the whole scene is like, you know, it would have come in really handy if you'd have mentioned this knowledge like in the first movie, but you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. But love the third one, really looking forward to it. But that, like I say, that said, this was a blast. I, I, I had a good time with it. But, uh, yeah, very, very, very disjointed movie. And that ending's just like, really? <laughs> okay. But that's about all I got for it. What are you, any, any closing thoughts on this one? Yeah, all I have to say is uh, the the same sound that Charlton Heston made when he got shot. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm living my life like a good homo sapien But all around me everybody's multiplying And they're walking around like firemen So I'll go back to the net animal sitting in the cages in the zoo, man Cause compared to the flowers and the birds and the trees I am an ape man I think I'm so educated and I'm so civilized Cause I'm a strict vegetarian Population and inflation and starvation and the crazy politicians. I don't feel safe in this world no more. I don't wanna die in a nuclear war. I wanna sail away to a distant shore and make like an ape man. I'm an ape man, I'm an ape man, no, I'm an ape man. I'm a King Kong man, I'm a voodoo man. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. In man's evolution, he's created the city and the motor traffic rumble. But give me half 
Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Damn you!